I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Hey, this uh, this show, I want to tell you about one of the absolute uh, creepiest, most uh, gross cases I ever had. And I'm just going to tell you that straight up front, because some of you may not even want to uh, listen to the grossest part of it, and I'll, I'll give you a warning before I, I, I'm going to talk about it, because it is absolutely insane what I had to deal with. And you may say, well, why would the practice of you know gun law, why, why would something be incredibly gross and in, insane doing gun law? Well, I'll tell you, because as an attorney, when, when I... When I help law-abiding citizens and stop them from becoming law-abiding criminals and having the government uh, just run rampant with their extreme and draconian gun laws, as New Jersey is infamous for, um, that client and attorney-client relationship that I have there, uh, you know, is maintained. And, And quite often, if somebody has another problem, I mean, I'm a skilled criminal defense attorney, and I can help with other matters. And someone's an established client. I don't, uh, I don't mind doing that at all, you know. So, anyway, I had this one client, and he was um, kind of uh, an odd fellow, to say the least, and kind of creepy in a way. He looked like Marilyn Manson, if anyone is familiar with how that guy looks. He looked like a ghoul, to be honest. He kind of did. But you know what? I don't want to judge people by their looks, and I sure hope people don't do that to me. But the deal is, you know, the guy just struck me this way. But, hey, you know what? He's uh, he's in a in his van, and he's with a girl, and they are consensually enjoying themselves. Not a problem. And the local police uh, come by and knock on the window because the vans are rocking, okay? And they're checking on their welfare and what have you, and everything was fine, and there was nothing bad going on with any of that. But in so checking, the officer sees in plain view somewhere in the van a air pistol, okay? So it was my client's air pistol. I have a love for air guns, and I love all guns. Matter of fact, it has to cut or shoot for me to like it. I strictly limit myself. And since air guns shoot, I like it. And uh, this particular air gun was nothing. It was one of those marksman, you know, little BB marksman guns they sell that are pretty reasonable, and they can shoot like a little dart or they can shoot uh, a BB single shot, you know, and they're pretty low-powered uh stuff but whatever that's what he had but you see in new jersey air guns are treated the same as firearms your possession of an air gun is essentially the same as if you possess a 44 magnum loaded it doesn't matter even a broken bb gun qualifies as a firearm and you can be tried and sentenced and convicted for firearm possession because New Jersey is one of the few states that puts air guns into the same uh, category. And so I was able to make some very important arguments in this case, and not the least of which is folks aren't aware, many folks aren't aware, that there's actually a federal preemption 
concerning air guns. Do you know that air guns, BB guns, traditional pellet firing and traditional BB guns, they're actually more protected under federal law. Now, I'm not talking about the Second Amendment. I'm talking about federal statutes. They're actually more protected than actual firearms, believe it or not. Yeah, because New Jersey takes these air guns and declares them as firearms. But you see, under federal law, there's a federal law that is one of the few areas that is preempted, preempted federal law. And what it means is when, it, when the federal law preempts something, it means they control the law on that given subject. And there's an, a, a handful of firearm-related laws that are preemptive, not many. One such law is Title 18926A for interstate transport. And we've talked about that on other shows. that lets you transport your firearm case and unload it from one state to another through bad states. There, the federal law preempts state law that might otherwise make you a criminal for your possession of it. There's federal preemptive law allowing, uh, like LEOSA, for retired, you know, for or active for the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. It allows law enforcement and retired law enforcement to carry in all 50 states, right? There's actually preemption for armored car personnel crossing state lines. That was actually the first carry preemption. Before LEOSA, it was armed. Armored car personnel had preemptive rights. And these preemptive federal laws are great in one hand because they absolutely uh, handle the bad, horrible states like New Jersey that have these god-awful gun laws that turn law-abiding citizens into criminals. And if you can seek the protection of the federal preemption, then you can uh, get uh, out, out and away from Jersey's aggressive prosecution of you. And there is such a law on air guns. And, wh and what it does is, it's, it, is it preempts the sale of BB guns and pellet firing, traditional pellet firing guns, so that, so that state law and local law is actually preempted by federal law when it comes to the sale of BB guns. And I did the case on that, that we established that preemption in Coalition v. Florio to take out a piece of New Jersey's assault firearm law because New Jersey's original assault firearm law, by definition, air guns and BB guns fell under the assault firearm law category. So now all these folks could be prosecuted for having an assault firearm when all they had was an air gun that held over 15 rounds in the magazine or operated semi-automatically, et cetera, that fell into this category. So we were able to get, a, uh, the first time, a, a federal injunction against a state gun law based on preemption of the air gun preemption. Well, here in this case, they tried to allege my client was unlawfully in possession, and in fact, we put forward the arguments that had been established even in, the, in that jurisdiction in Coalition v. Florio and showed how you, it's actually preemptive, and using that and other legal techniques, we were able to get the charges knocked out for my client, who otherwise would have been facing a felony-level offense, and at the time, the firearm possession offense was a, a crime of the third degree, and he was looking at five years in state's prison for possessing a BB gun in New Jersey. So that was a good thing to, to take care of, and he was very happy, and that was fine. And 
That's what gun lawyers do. But you see, a little bit later, you know, I don't know, maybe even a year or so later, I get a call from his mother. And his mother said, oh, remember, so yeah, oh, yeah, I remember him. How's he doing? Well, he had a little problem, and the police want to talk to him. And I'm like, well, okay, uh, what's going on? And well, well, he's, he's in an institution right now, and he's not doing well, and I don't really know. And you represent him. Would you mind helping and calling the police about what's going on here? You know, and I'm like, well, sure, let me find out what's going on. Do you know? No, I really don't know, but just call him and see. So I'm like, okay, let me call and find out what's going on. So I give a call to the local police and uh, say I represent you know this uh, client and uh, I understand that you might be looking for him and you know I'm calling on his uh, behalf. Uh, what's going on? Well, I get this detective and he says, "Well, we've had uh, an issue with some uh, graveyard desecration," and I'm like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Well." What exactly? And let me just take one step back and tell you, you know, all the different folks I've represented, I now have the ability to say I've, I've represented a grave robber because that is what this detective was about to tell me. Now, what I'm going to tell you next is the circumstances and what happened in this grave robbery, quote, desecration, and how being a gun lawyer can lead you down paths you might never have expected. So what I'm going to tell you next is very disturbing. And if you are easily bothered by these things, please don't listen to what I'm going to tell you next. I, I mean that sincerely. So here we go. So I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, we know that somebody in this graveyard where there was this ancient mortuary that had been started in the 1920s and the depression hit and they couldn't finish building it. So it had no roof and the walls were crumbling. It had ivy growing all over. It looked like something right out of a, out of a monster movie, this, this, this structure that was still there. And somebody, late, late, late at night, they dug up this woman who had been buried for 10 days. And they dug her up. And she had died from cancer. She was 60 years old. And had been in the ground for 10 days. And they said someone dug her up and somebody cut off her legs and cut off at her belly button torso. And they removed the one piece that had her buttocks and genitalia. And they took that piece of her and they went in this ancient mortuary building unfinished and did all kinds of uh, bizarre ceremonial things, at which time my client allegedly performed oral sex on the piece of the body. I kid you not. So upon trying to get a grip on that story, I said, this is... Uh, something I've never had to deal with before. And he's like, well, I'm telling you, I want to talk to you. I go, well, look, my client is, frankly, he's in the loony bin right now. That's my understanding. And, you know, he's got issues and he's just gone. Yeah, well, I understand he was walking around the town like 
like talking to himself and looking at him totally in another world. And I'm like, well, probably after what he did, uh, I would assume that would be a expected effect. And, um, you know, whatever, right? I mean, you know, what's 10 days stewing underground with a formaldehyde-filled processed body, you know, whatever. And so uh, this is going on, and I'm... And he says, you know what? And you know, I'll tell you what he goes, and and I'm going to tell you, there actually isn't any law to charge him with, other than maybe the desecration or something. But it's very minor. There's really no. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm, I, I, there wasn't a law. At least at that time, there's no law. You know why there's no law? Because no one ever figured out or even thought that someone would ever do this. That's why there's no law. Who would ever think you'd do that? Even right. And so, you know, that's why, not surprised, there's a first. You know, here's a first. So, it, technically, I don't think it was even prohibited. Isn't that nice to know? Just because something's legal doesn't mean you want to do it. But uh, there you go. So, this whole story, and, you know, we finally, you know, ended up uh, with it being resolved and nothing really further came from it. But one thing really interesting is that number of years later, I mean, 10 years later, I'm talking with a prosecutor in another state, and he said he took a course on forensics, and he said, man, you should hear this creepy case they told me about, and this is the case. I said, man, that was my case. He goes, that was your case? I goes, yeah. Yeah, crazy times. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a Hey, uh, you know, we do get emails and correspondence, and I read everything people send, and I really appreciate the great responses we get and, uh, and your questions. I read them, and, you know, if, if there's a question I think is uh, something a lot of folks would like to hear about, I, I like to answer those questions uh, on the show. And uh, here's a fellow who just sent a real nice uh, thank you and just want to thank uh, Michael here for saying, he said, I just want to send you an email. Thank you for all you do for victims of rotten New Jersey gun laws. Your gun lawyer podcast is excellent and easy to listen to. Well, that's good to know. And I especially like the music prior to your short intermission. So there you go. 
Again, very relaxing podcast, both educational and entertaining. I've joined your inner circle, and I hope that big tech never attempts to silence people like you. And th- you know, and I, I want to say this is exactly why I'm, I'm doing this because I am very fearful that big tech is going to try. They already are silencing so many folks. And this way, by you being a part and a subscriber to our podcast, we're able to keep you informed. And most importantly, if you can join our inner circle, that's going to be able to keep me in communication with you. And it's free to join the inner circle. Just go to the website at gun.lawyer. That's our website. And you can sign up for the inner circle. And we're going to keep you in the loop on things that are going on, laws, things you need to know to protect yourself and uh You'll be really updated, and that's the purpose of it, to try to keep our law-abiding gun owners uh, law-abiding. And um, really, think about it. Get Jump on that uh, inner circle. Uh, you'll be glad you did. Now, I did get another question, and this is a question that I thought I'd read. And this question came from uh, Brian. And Brian said he, he recently purchased a shotgun from a private individual in another state, and it was shipped through an FFL to his FFL to do the transfer. Now, things went a little sideways. They shipped it via U.S. Postal Service, and the tracking number stopped getting updated. And let me tell you, man, I've had the worst. I I, I refuse to even use the U.S. Post Office uh, for shipping uh, things anymore. Just crazy. But anyway, it, as far as he was concerned, it was lost or stolen. He called the seller and talked to his FFL, and he, he the FFL marked it as missing. He said the FFL couldn't put it in as stolen because the USPS wouldn't say that it was stolen. So the FFL, being a good guy here, agreed to a replacement and sent the replacement to Brian's FFL. That's a pretty good dealer to do that, isn't it? And he said he had to wait a bit, but he eventually found one and it shipped to my FFL via UPS this time. And tracking was confirmed and it was delivered. And when he went to pick it up, the FFL said they had another one there with his name on it, but no contact info. There was some miscommunication there I'd given him when I went to get the first transfer. So anyway, he says, now I have both shotguns. And the reason I'm contacting you is I want to make sure I don't have any future issues with the one that went missing. Is there anything I should be concerned with? I didn't notify the seller yet. I'm concerned that if something in the future happens and someone thinks I bought a stolen gun or something, I mean, it was transferred legally and everything, so I'd assume it'd be fine, but I don't like to assume things. And he said, P.S., I love your Gun Lawyer podcast. And he learned about it from Anthony Calandro's podcast, which, by the way, is a great podcast. It's called Gun for Hire. And Anthony's been a dear friend of mine for many, many years. So, And I do appreciate what Anthony does, and we have a great, mutual relationship here but back to brian and here's the bottom line uh brian ended up with two shotguns but he only paid for one and when you pay for one shotgun you don't get a windfall of two shotguns okay it's not how it works the seller being nice enough and kind enough to send you another shotgun because he viewed it as missing or stolen and wants to have good customer relations. Well, look, man, you now found the missing shotgun. You need to send it back and tell the seller and get him his other shotgun back. You didn't pay for two shotguns. You paid for one. 
and you got your one shotgun. The dealer doesn't isn't going to be shouldn't be out a shotgun and the value of a shotgun because he was trying to do the really uh, beyond the right thing. I mean, he was bending over backwards for you to send you another one so that you were compensated for what you paid for. But you don't get more than what you paid for. You don't get double what you paid for. It's not yours. You only paid for one. So call the seller. Tell him good news, happy day. We found the other shotgun. And we're going to, my FFL is going to ship it back to you. And thank you so much for sending me a second shotgun, which you didn't have to do. But luckily, we recovered and found the missing one. So now nobody is out of pocket for anything. The seller got paid for the one shotgun. You've now acquired the one shotgun, and he's going to get his second shotgun returned as the way the deal should have been in the first place. To do otherwise could make you subjected to possessing that as stolen property, as there are many different legal theories that you could be, but number one is it's an unjust enrichment. It's that simple, an unjust enrichment. So don't do that, okay? Get it back to the seller, and you do the right thing, especially a seller who was doing the right thing for you throughout the whole process, right? Hey, you know what? Something has really been on my mind, and I have to talk to you about this because it's really vital here. And, you know, we're, we're up against many different threats from uh, the new administration, and I'm sure you're aware of many, many threats. But I, I have to tell you, if there is one threat, one threat, that is the most serious of all the things that they're floating out there, whether it's semi-auto taxation bans through the NFA or all these other proposals they have, you know, whatever it may be, the absolute, I believe, worst threat that they're looking to push is to get rid of the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. And you as, as, as gun owners need to know just how serious this is. Because, you know, if they start with a semi-auto ban and they want to take our guns or make us pay a $200 tax on every gun and magazine we already own, hey, I don't think I have to fire you up about that one, right? It's pretty clear. It's not good and no one likes it, right? I get that. That's pretty basic and you'll need to know what to do. We can fight that. But if you start hearing about the you know, re repeal or removal of the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, you may be like, well, what does that mean? Maybe that doesn't sound like, I don't know, whatever. That's not anything I should really worry about. Well, you really should, folks, because it's crazy serious. You see, what this PLCAA does is it provides protection to the firearms industry from lawsuits that aren't based on actual defective products. You see, a while ago, the anti-gunners came up with an idea, and their idea was, let's litigate the firearms and ammunition industry out of business. And how do we do that? By bringing civil actions, tort actions, and suing them under claims that the product, even though the product 
performed exactly as it was supposed to, that the societal harm you see makes it a danger and a strict liability and that the companies need to be responsible when their product is misused by a third party. That is the absurdity of it. It would be like suing the car manufacturer when someone commits a wrongdoing with a car or commits a wrongdoing with a baseball bat. Do you sue Louisville Slugger? No. But, oh, with guns, yeah, we need to... They get rid of this, guns and ammunition, it means they can then use the trial attorneys, the, the civil personal injury attorneys. You can see the ads now. Have you been injured by a gun? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Doesn't matter whether there's any intention or whatever. We're going to litigate the firearms industry. This includes dealers as well as manufacturers. Litigate them right out of business. So you will not be able to buy a gun. You will not be able to buy ammunition. You will not be able to find anyone who can sell it or make it because of the liability. And if you do, it'll be so insanely expensive because of the insurance needed to cover that, that it will be virtually uh, unobtainable because of how expensive they can make it. And of course, as this gets worse and worse and worse and more and more expensive, who ends up being hurt? Even in this track down there, of course, the folks that can't readily afford guns. And the folks that readily can't afford guns or that have to be careful with their money because they are in the lower middle classes, gee, many of them are what? Are, are, are minorities, aren't they? Yeah. And what you're going to end up doing here with this repeal is hurting not only the firearm industry, but in the process, hurting the very people that you make claims about wanting to help and instead take away their rights under the Second Amendment to be able to afford a firearm, take away their rights to be able to afford a gun to protect themselves, or to hunt and put food on the table, right? No, no, no. See, this is what their plan is. So when you hear about this repeal or removal or ending the Protection Act of, for lawful commerce, you got to know this is extremely serious and the folks in Congress need to hear your voice. They need to know that you oppose this and understand just how serious and a threat and a danger that this, that this poses. It's critical. So we're going to keep you informed about the progress on these threats and many other threats. I'd like to ask you to help me to keep fellow gun owners from becoming law-abiding criminals. Tell them to listen to Gun Lawyer Radio and visit our website at gun.lawyer. What I really would love, if you take a look at that inner circle we were talking about, go on our website, gun.lawyer, and sign up for the inner circle so you and I can maintain our communication. You'll get the inside from me, Evan Knappen. I'll be giving you tips, tricks, insights, and fun, because we like to have fun. Sign up, it's free. Go to gun.lawyer, join our inner circle. Remember, this helps me communicate with you to touch base with you and let you know what's going on. And that's because big tech doesn't care about our gun rights. 
they kind of don't like us, and they're trying to shut us down left and right. The inner circle is a way we can stay in contact despite their efforts. We're going to have big issues coming up, executive orders of all kinds, nasty things, various legislative proposals, things you're going to want to know what steps you may need to take to protect yourself, your investment, your family, and your love of firearms, just like I love firearms. I know how you feel. You know, the inner circle members are going to hear this before anybody else. You're going to be on the cutting edge. You're going to be aware and you're going to know before the majority of gun owners even find out. So I'm going to fill you in on all that. You're going to want to know. Please subscribe to my podcast here, Gun Lawyer. Those subscriptions, you know, I'm not making money from this. It's not what it's about. I want the voice out there. I want to have the folks that I care about, fellow brothers and sisters that are gun owners and protection of the Second Amendment and our rights. So tell a friend to listen and subscribe. Join the inner circle. Help me get the word out. I am depending on you. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.